Void Podcast, a podcast where two friends and screenwriters get together and review a movie. Yay. Woot woot. I uh, started the intro of that realizing that this is our movie review and not our screenwriting, so we do a different intro, but... That is true. I, uh, That's fine. Improvised, and it, no one even noticed until I brought it up right away. Right. So um, they would have been fine. Yeah, but we're back. Right. Isn't this wild? We actually live in the same house again. We're <laughs> roommates once again. We are literal roommates. We've never been literal yeah. roommates before. Yeah, yeah. We're, uh, we got a situation where we get to live in a house rent-free, um, which is obviously incredible because we're living in the like right in the city of Salt Lake for free, which is obviously incredible deal for us while we go to f- while we finish film school. But we do, we literally do have to share like a bedroom, like a small mm-hmm. bedroom, yeah. which is going to be fine because we're never going to be here at the same time anyway. So it works out. It we literally have out. the opposite schedules. Yeah. But now that we're together again, we will probably be able to actually release episodes weekly. Right. So, we have our own Mojo Dojo Casa house, but yeah. instead we have our own Mojo Dojo room. And so I looked up, okay, this is our Salahaya camera room. Okay. <laughs> That's Spanish, Japanese, and Dutch oh, for room. And English. We, c- we can think of other b- words, but for right now, it's the Salahaya ca- ca- uh, camera room. Love that. The Salahaya camera room. Mm, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> I do actually really like that. Um, but yeah, it works out. Yeah. So we're going to be reviewing the five nights at Freddy's movie. Very, um, big movie right now. Super mm-hmm. successful. What was the budget for it? 20 the budget million? was 20 million, 20 million. And they made 175, 170, sorry, at, 270. Two, they're at 250. Oh yeah. So they've made, so they've brought in 270 million. So they've made 250 million on the movie, which is amazing. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Incredible. And um, we so I watched it a few days ago, and then you just watched it like just barely. We both watched it together. We just finished it. Yep. What are your initial thoughts of the fu- full movie? Initial thoughts of the full movie. You know, it was fun. Yeah. I don't know a lot of the lore of Five Nights at Freddy's. I know Five Nights at Freddy's. Like my freshman year in high school, that was the thing. Yeah. Was Five Nights at Freddy's. Everyone played it. Totally. Everyone talked about yeah. it. Um, so I know like things about it, but I also, I actually never played it. Mm-hmm. So I can't say too much about like the backstory, but just what I got from the movie, it was a good, it was a good movie. There were some things, the, the writing was good, but there were some things about it that I just felt like was loose and I didn't understand what was going on, especially when I got to the end. Yeah, I think, so the guy who made Scott Cawthorn, I think is how you pronounce his name. A lot of people say Scott Cawthorn. Um, He is the creator of the games. He was an indie game developer, and now because his game has been so successful, I think he has like a game company Mm -hmm. that now makes his newer games. Right. But he also wrote the screenplay of the movie. And I think he fell victim to knowing so much about his characters and not understanding that not everyone does. That's fair. Because a lot of people that went to go see that movie were probably fans of the movie Mm -hmm. or not the movie of the franchise. But a lot of people maybe saw it just because maybe they took their kid to see it or they maybe just wanted to see a fun movie and it looked good. And it might've been a little, it's a lot Mm -hmm. because the game is very, very complicated 
Well, the game is actually very simple, but this, if you di- dive deep into like the hidden stuff of the game, it's very, very complex and very dark and very good and interesting, but kind of weird and hard to understand. That's that's what I would feel like. Yeah, it was very. They would mention things, and I'm like, wait, I'm I'm confused. Like, so this is like the mythology of the world kind of confused me for a little bit yeah but i i kind of got a hang of it it was good i think everybody should i honestly believe and we've talked about this while we were watching it the set design props of that movie i thought were amazing very good it looked super good very like true to the game Mm -hmm. as well and also what they threw into the scenes that made us understand who the characters were that were like subtle stuff but we're really good. Here's what I mean. The house. The house was stuck in the 80s. He used a landline to call. There's certain small things that showed in the house that they would just have an object on the counter or they would have something that showed like kind of like. So we know the time period without saying mm-hmm. it's 1983. Well, because it is modern day, I believe. Is it? No. Oh, it's not. I mean, the game doesn't play, take place in modern day. Oh, okay. Okay. But it shows the stuff. Um, also costumes like we didn't see they didn't mention anything about the guy but he had a sock with like one hole in the big toe totally, i noticed and that. i noticed that and i was like oh that is such a subtle thing that i automatically i'm like oh, okay okay like, yeah, he's struggling financially uh-huh. like totally yeah what i love is that they didn't say many things about their surroundings and just let it show and that was a good key thing that they did well that's what's so brilliant about the games mm-hmm. is you can play the games and know nothing about the story and you can still enjoy the games and have a good time. But if you want to, yeah, you can look really deeply into like little subtle background things mm-hmm. and like drawings on the wall and things in the game to tell this like super complex, big story. If you want to. Yeah. yeah. And if you try really hard, cause it's not easy. Like they're apparent, so the, apparently there's like something in the fourth game that literally zero people have found, figured out. Did the uh, creator say something? That's no. like he's like you didn't figure it out. Maybe oh. I'll tell you like in like in a long time. But the creator said game. there's something that no one has figured out yet. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. Um. Well, there's like a box. There's like there's a physical. Well, it's digital, but there's a box that like is closed, and there's a certain way you can play the game that the ending of the game has the box open. Really? And zero people have managed to do it. But he's like, it's coded in there. That's you, cool. You can do it. You can get the box open. Yeah. That's awesome. But still, zero people have figured it out yet. That's kind of crazy. Um, People have found out what's in there with context clues from later games. But they never managed to figure it out in that game in that specifically. Game in Five Nights 4. Yeah. So I actually do kind of want to tell you about... Because I... I I was a fan back when it was really big. I played, I actually never played the games. I played the game called Sister Location, which is like the fifth game mm-hmm. or maybe the fourth game. No. Yes. It's the, it wouldn't be the fourth cause it's the fifth or sixth game. Mm-hmm. Cause so there's five nights at Freddy's one, five nights at Freddy's two, five nights at Freddy's three and five nights at Freddy's four. And then there's, there's one called, Oh shoot. What is it called? Oh, there's one called FNAF world. And I think that's the fifth one. And then Sister Location. That's mm-hmm. the sixth one. And then Pizzeria Simulator, which is also Five Nights at Freddy's 6. It's like, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. Because, anyway. the So, 
I'll tell you a little bit about the games because, like I said, I was a fan. I watched the game theory videos back when they were. I mean, they're still popular. Actually, they're pretty popular now because the movie just came out. Mm-hmm. But when they were originally popular is when I watched them. So you had seen noticed that when the when the yellow bunny came out, you're like, oh, oh, that's the original Freddy, is what you said. Um, that's not Freddy. That's um, that was Bonnie. That was the original Bonnie. Ah, which is the rabbit. Okay. Um, and I don't think you noticed when the Fred, when the Freddy came to her, came to Abby's house and Mike's house. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you noticed, but that bear was not brown. It was yellow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was the original. Freddy. Actually, it wasn't called Freddy. It was called Fred Bear. Fred Bear. And that's why when she said Freddy, he says not Freddy. Oh. Because Freddy's the brown one. He's Fred Bear. Interesting. Okay, so I'll tell you the whole backstory. Okay, let me hear so it. So there was this character. This is going to take a while. Wait, quick question. Is this the real-life story that inspired it, or is this the... It's not based on anything real. Oh, this isn't? No. Oh, I thought it was. Okay, perfect. No, it's not. <clears throat> um, so there was a guy by the name of William Afton, and it's kind of disputed exactly in... Like, a lot of different theorists have come up with different... Uh, origins to the beginning of this story. Mm-hmm. But apparently during the Great Depression in Utah, there was this little family, there was this show called Fred Bear's Dancing Bear Show. Um, because people couldn't afford, they couldn't afford entertainment, but obviously people were, entertainment's an important thing, and so somebody created this this Fred Bear's Dancing Bear show and dancing bears were apparently a real thing, like for the circus, mm-hmm. uh, which would be cool to see. I don't think they do that anymore. It's kind of probably like animal abuse, and so it's not really a thing, right? But anyway, this little boy William Afton went to go see it, and it, he was like really inspired by this bear, and he wanted to do something with it. Like he wanted he his dream when he finally became an adult was to create that kind of joy to kids that he had when he was young. Mm-hmm. And so he created um, Fred, I think, I th- again, there's so many different theories because this game doesn't just outright tell you this. You people have to figure it out. But he, So he created this diner called Fred Bear's Family Diner, I think. And, and all this is fictional. The way I'm telling it, it seems like it's like a real, real story, but all this is like just the fictional story. Right, right, right. So Fred Bear's Family Diner, and then he created, for copyright reasons, he, like, changed the look of the bear. Instead of having it being brown, he made it yellow, and he gave it, like, a purple bow tie, purple top hat. And then he created a s- original character that was called Bonnie. Okay. And Bonnie was a yellow rabbit that went with the yellow bear. Uh-huh. And he really loved the yellow rabbit specifically because... Freddy was cool, but it was also kind of a copy of someone else's work. Mm-hmm. But the Bonnie Bunny was his original work. And so he, so he just really loved that. And he he made them suits. So they weren't robots at the time. They were like okay. mascot suits. Right, right, right. 
this is going to take me so long to talk about. This is such a complex game, but it's, <laughs> but it's fun. It's interesting. I'm intrigued. Yeah. And so then there was a, so people started, he started being successful and this other guy, I think his name was Henry started another franchise called Chica's party world. And Chica's party world was um, just like Freddie's, like a children's entertainment, like food place. But Henry was like a robotics engineer. And mm -hmm. so he made like these animatronics and there were like, so Ch it was called Chica's party world. So Chica was the main attraction, but then there were these, all these other animals. There was like a hippo. There was an elephant, a frog. And then there was um, specifically a bear that made him upset because it was called Ned bear, which was a total, obviously the, you know, a copy of Fred bear. Mm -hmm. And so he was upset, but, Chica's Party World was better than Freddy, Fred Bear's Family Diner. And so his company went out of business. And right before it went out of business, Henry purchased it. Which kind of made William like resent Henry and hate him because not only did he make his business fail that was his dream, now he was the one who was like saving him from bankruptcy. But then they became business partners and then now... Chica was part of the, so now we have Freddie, we have Bonnie and Chica. They're now all together. Mm. And then they created a new character, Foxy with the both of them. Right. Um, there's a lot more little nuances to this, but I'll just kind of go fast through it. Right. right, right. So William was the costume guy. Henry was the robot guy. And so they created this thing that was like a hybrid of the two where it could be a animatronic on the stage, but then they could like take some things out of it and like set it to where someone could go inside it and then walk around mm -hmm. and interact with kids and stuff, which is kind of a cool idea. It is. Yeah. Um, but then one day William's son was there and his other son was kind of a little bit of a bully to him. And it's interesting cause that the son that's a bully of him was actually Mike. So it's a different Mike that's in this movie. But Mike is the character you play in the game. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And so Mike was bullying his brother, and the brother was really scared of the animatronics. So him mm -hmm. and his friends brought him over there, and they put him inside the mouth of Fredbear. And then, like, one of the, the, the mechanics, like, uh, one of the robotics malfunctioned, and it bit down on him, and he died. Oh, okay. So William's younger son died. And that's the character that plays that was kind of the stand in for Garrett, I think. Okay. That's my assumption. Mm -hmm. So Garrett's in the movie. This character. Remind me, I need to ask you an important question about Garrett that I did not get, but that's after. Okay. So then now William is upset because his son died and he blames it on both his son, Mike. And he also blames it on Henry because it was the robot that failed. Right. It was Henry's robot that failed. And so I'm kind of forgetting all of the details, but there was an opportunity when, so William was drunk one night and he goes back to the Freddy's pizza to like basically tell off Henry. And he sees Henry's daughter out there in the rain by herself because she was being bullied by some kids that locked her outside. And so he got the idea to um, murder her because he wanted Henry to feel the same loss that he felt. And so he did. And um, 
I think there's like a random character that was not in this movie called the puppet that appears in the second movie or second game. And I think from what I remember in these theories that I've listened to over, over the years, that first person that was killed was possessed the puppet. That's not really that important, but it is important if you really want to know the details, but they would get killed. Then their bodies were put into the suit and then they would possess the suit. So he didn't, he did not put her in a suit. Okay. He, he had some future murders that he did that. Uh huh. But the first one he didn't, he just killed. Um, yeah. And so anyway, he, so he then went and did some more murders. He killed four other people er, Yeah. So he killed four kids and then, shoot, there's, there is some weird timeline things because he, there was a point when he started, like, dabbling. He realized that the animatronics were getting possessed. Mm-hmm. And he was, like, intrigued by it because he's, he's like, creating life. Like that a, is interesting. Okay. So he became obsessed with, like, he became obsessed with the possession. So I think he found out that the puppet was possessed by... Charlie was the name of the girl that he originally killed. And he wanted the other animatronics to be possessed with his new murders. And so that's why he was putting them in the bodies mm. or putting their bodies in the suits. Yeah. But it wasn't working. And so then he finally, and the reason I kept, we, we kept watching the movie and I kept asking you, is that a boy? Because in the game, it's what, like, it's just, it definitely a girl. Like it's 100% a girl. Like uh-huh. it's been confirmed multiple times that that character is a girl. And so I thought it was weird that they would do cast a boy. I'm anyway. not sure, but yeah, no, I'm pretty anyway, sure it's a boy. So he killed four people yes. and he put one of them in the Bonnie suit, one of them in the Chica suit, one of them in the Freddy suit, and one of them in the Foxy suit. No, none of this is the dude's daughter, right? Um, Or is one of them the dude's daughter? The dude's daughter is possessing the puppet. Oh, the puppet. Okay. And that's a character that doesn't appear in the first game and also does not appear in this movie, Kay. but it's also the, but it is the first one to be possessed. Okay. Kind of technically, because <laughs> his son, it get it, it's complicated. So then he he goes, he's killed four people already, and mm-hmm. nothing's happened. And so his fifth murder, he finds this girl Cassidy is her name, um, canonically. It's been proven through the game, and it's it Cassidy. Cassidy could be a boy's name, but I'm pretty sure it was confirmed it's a girl. I, I would think a girl. Um. So anyway, he like he didn't just murder her. He like would knock her out and like would torture her. And when she would wake up, he'd not like he, he brutalized her. Wow. And then eventually she died. And when she died, she possessed the Fred bear suit, ah. the yellow one. Mm-hmm. And she had a, she had a hatred. Like the other ghost kids didn't like know that they were even murdered, but because she was so brutalized, she had like a deep hatred for him. Ah. as the ghost. And I'm not the best person to talk about this because I haven't done my total research because so, so some of this stuff might be a little confusing. But there was one point when the puppet started animating the other ghosts. And then the game gets very confusing because now we're on, now we finished the f- first two games how does, in the games, how do you end up at the place? Are you a security guard? Yeah, you're a security guard named okay. Mike. 
So that's that's where I'm. It, it's hard to in the game. It's just like, oh, you're just security guard. You're nobody. Uh-huh. You're just you're just a guy named Mike. But then if you get into the lore, it's it's confusing because the first game is like the last game to ever actually happen timeline wise. Oh, I think it's not the last. I'm pretty sure the well the newest games are actually the newest. But mm-hmm. if we, if we we stop at Five Nights at Freddy's six. That's the latest one, and then the third one is the second to latest. Let me think. The first game is a game called Sister Location. That's timeline-wise. And is that because the Sister Location would be uh, Chucky? Not Chucky's. The chicken one? No. Is that where that takes place? Oh, oh, okay. So <laughs> that's why I was wondering if it was all like the, Sister Location. All the stuff I've told you yeah. about him murdering people all happened before any of the games happened. Oh, okay. Right? Because all I mean there there you show there's like little mini games that explain like the events that happened in the past. Yeah. That's the story, but all the story kind of happened before the games cuz the games are when the it's already possessed. Right, right. So anyway, he William created this he became obsessed with the fact that he could create life and he started to melt down the animatronics to try to create life. And he created this. He, he managed to create remnant or something. I'm getting too into the weeds about this, but <laughs> it's uh, there's this game is so it's almost too much. Like, I feel like the, the writer of the games literally has an idea. And then when the theorists figure it out he's like no that's actually wrong it's actually this and then so he like expands upon it and the game just gets more complicated and more complicated and more complicated mm-hmm. but anyway at one point he created this character called baby and baby killed his other daughter because he specifically created baby to like pay attention to how many kids are in the room mm-hmm. and so baby was an animatronic and when there's one kid in the room. It's supposed to make ice cream, give ice cream to the kid, and then, like, snatch the kid. Yeah. So he can use the kid to, like, create more ghosts. Right. And so Baby got his daughter on accident. So in this point of the series, when does Friday Nights at Freddy's close? Or is Freddy's Freddy's Pizzeria always open in the games? It's always open in the games. It closes after the games, always. It'll shut down like the whole place. It'll will. shut down after the game. And then it'll come back up. Okay, okay. That's why it was like a little confusing. It, that's why the movie... And the, the reason I'm telling you all this is because the, I want to tell you why how the movie is different. Right. So anyway, there's a point when... I'm, I'm skipping a bunch of crap because I don't know it well enough. But uh, William Afton one time, he, he had been experimenting with all these ghosts and all these lives... He was melting things down and creating new characters and his daughter got killed. His son got killed. And then one time he was in Freddy's, there was like a secret room and he saw the ghost of Cassidy. Uh And then he saw the ghost of all the other kids and they came after him. And this was, they were not in the suits currently. Oh, these were the ghost kids. And so to um, scare the kids or like to gain power over them again, he went inside his old bunny suit yeah because that's how he originally killed them Mm -hmm. 
and he thought that maybe being in there, but the suit hadn't been put on in a while. It was like rusty and it was wet and stuff. And so when he put it on, it like snapped on him Oh. and killed him. And that's why like in this movie that happened too, but it happened in like a totally a different, different way. way. Yeah. Yeah. It snapped on him and he died. And then. So does he possess that suit now? Yeah. In the lore. Okay. Yeah, he possessed. Well, yeah, he's actually not technically dead. <laughs> the suit oh. like kept him alive barely for like twenty years. It's dark. Kept him. Oh, <laughs> wild. Okay. Yeah. But uh, uh, there was a thing in Sister Location where Mike got his like body scooped out, and then the animatronic used him. They went inside his skin and were walking around. Oh, so Mike died. He didn't die. The animatronic kept him alive, but everything was anyway. <laughs> Are we talking about Mike, the security officer? Yeah. And that's why in the games, that's why he went to go be a security officer so he could find out about his dad. Oh. But that's like, when you're playing the game, that doesn't even matter. Right. But if you really want to look into it, like I said, Mike technically like has a whole deep backstory. Uh-huh. But anyway, that's enough of the games because I don't know it as well. And it's also just so freaking complicated and I haven't even broken the surface. Right. We haven't even talked about Balloon Boy. That's we, have, we, we have not. <laughs> Balloon, Balloon Boy kept appearing in this movie. And he's not in the first game. He's, he appears for the first time in the second game. Right. But he was in this movie for some reason. It's kind of a jump scare gag. I don't know why they kept doing that. Oh, yes, him. Yeah, he was in the locker and then... Oh, we actually didn't see the final cutscene because I stopped it. There Does was he... like a end... Um, end scene? End scene. We can watch it when we're done, but... It's not that important. That's pretty funny. So the re- so here's the reason I want to talk about why I like the movie, but why I think the movie could have been a lot better. Mm-hmm. The movie looked fantastic. The setting we already talked about was super great. But what I w- but something I didn't like is how they would show the animatronics moving. Yeah. And you said you liked it. So maybe you say why you liked it. So the animatronics moving? Yeah. I mean, I don't know any different. What do you mean? Why wouldn't they show them moving? Because, in, so in the original game, uh-huh. the whole game was you sitting at a chair and looking at monitors. And then there were two doors and you could shut the doors. But if you did shut the door, it would like waste your battery. So you couldn't have them shut all the time or then you would die. Okay. But then you also looked at monitors. So like you'd be looking at one monitor and then you'd go to the other monitor and then there was, oh, the chicken's right there. Uh-huh. But then you look at another one, and you go back to the chicken, and oh, it's not there. And then uh, and then the, the rabbit's over here. Like So you never actually physically saw them move. Okay. You just saw where they ended up. So you couldn't travel the whole pizzeria? No. Oh. Interesting. Yeah, in the original games, you were only in... And that's why, like, never even one time did Mike look at the monitors and, like... Well, he did, actually. But, like, he, I wish he would have, like, looked at the monitor, switched the monitor, and then, like, wait, where did the bear go? Yeah. Where did the fox go? <laughs> like, you know? They never did that. Interesting. And I feel like that was a big potential for scary moments. Right. Because once you saw the animatronics move, it's, like, they're, like, less scary to me. Because yeah. they're predictable. Right, right, right. Um, Yeah, they're predictable. You can... Because you can actually physically see them move rather than like, oh, why is it there now? Like, how did it even get there that fast? Like, you know what I mean? No, exactly. Maybe you could show it move 
there were moments you could show it move. Like when he came into the through the vent and Bonnie and Freddie were up there dancing. Yeah. When when Freddie like kind of looks at him, that moment like I'm like, oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. But that's like kind of the extent of the movement I wish they would have done. Right, right. Like why were they building a pillow fort or a table fort? And falling over and <laughs> falling well, over and then Bonnie gives a thumbs up. And then looking at the stars and <laughs> I I was I did think that scene was actually pretty funny, not gonna lie. Well it was funny. But it doesn't make too much sense. But is it like a horror movie? No. Also it didn't make any sense because why was Vanessa all of a sudden like super pissed? Vanessa Every, was the weirdest character. Vanessa did not like Vanessa's character. Did not understand what she was doing. Also, okay, Garrett. What happened to Garrett? He was oh, camping. See, I was going to bring that up. Yeah. So I guess he was camping. They were camping and then he got kidnapped. Yeah. By um, William. He was just there. Yeah. Okay. So he didn't just kill at his place. He just went around. Yeah. So the, so an interesting aspect to the Golden Freddy suit. Golden Freddy was a term that Markiplier coined. And so a lot of people use it. But Fred Bear. A lot of people think that Fredbear actually has two entities in it. One of them is, uh, in this movie, they called him Garrett. And I'm assuming it's the same person because of a little Easter egg. But Garrett is originally William Afton's son. Yeah. And so they think that William Afton's son possesses the Golden Freddy suit and Cassidy does. Okay. And that's why in the movie the boy who was playing Cassidy like knew about Garrett because uh-huh. he could like read his memories because they were sharing, a, they were sharing, sharing a body. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. And also there, there was written on the mirror. It's me. Uh huh. Did you notice that? I did. That's in the movie. It didn't really have any meaning, but yeah. in, in the game I, it's, I think it's been confirmed that that's Mike's brother trying to tell him it's me. I'm in the suit. Oh, that's such a dark story. And so Mike is a different person in this movie. <laughs> right, 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 right. Which I have no problem because with. Vanessa is actually William's daughter, not Mike being William's son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he is a different Mike, but it is Mike's brother. Mm-hmm. So I, so Garrett is the right. same character. You see, I have no problems with it changing a little bit like that. I know there's probably going to be purists out there. There's like book purists. Where if it's not exactly book-to-movie adaptation, they hate it. And I know many people who are the same way about video game-to-movie, comic book-to-movie, where if it's not exactly how it was the beginning, then they yeah. hate it. I, I think it should be different. I agree. I agree. I think it should be different. And I, that's why I, I was able to enjoy this movie because, um, well, I don't care that much about the game, actually. Mm-hmm. So I So maybe I'm not like... I'm not a, I'm not a fan. I'm a, I was interested in those YouTube videos back in the day. And right. so I remember a little bit about it. Yeah, that, yeah. That's where I f- sit. For sure. So I'm not like an actual fan that cares. Uh-huh. But I think when you change things up, then it just makes it kind of a separate story. Right. And then you can enjoy both of them. No, I agree. Because if you try to copy it, you're always going to get something wrong. And then yes. you're like, oh, you ruined that thing about it. You see, that's, or you retconned this, or you. But if you make it a new story, it's like, oh, that story. I, I like the old one better, but this one's good too. It's like a different take on it. I feel the same way. That's how I feel about with Uncharted. I love the video games. Adore the video games. They are my favorite thing in the world. 
love the story in them the most. The movies were good though. I enjoyed the movies a lot. Changed practically everything about the video games. Well, it was like a new treasure, right? No, not just new treasure. How they met, who Nathan Drake is. They changed everything. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Because it was an origin story. It was, yeah, yeah. How, everything in the origins completely different. The characters are the same, but their circumstances and like lives are different, if that makes sense. Yeah. And people hated it. I actually did not mind that. I didn't want it to be word for word from the from the video game. You know what I mean? Well, because then you would be watching the movie and like, well, I know it's. I could just play the video game. I could just play the video game exactly. Mm -hmm. But I like the movie because it has the same characters I love, but it's like a different take on it. You know, it's a different, yeah, experience with something that I love. What's like a good book example where they change the book a lot? I'm going to say this. I'm going to say comic books a lot of times, uh, because there's so many different variations in comic books for sure. And I would say a lot of comic book to movies are not the same at all. Um. I'm trying to think of one example. I believe Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy is an example of one where, like, the comic, not the same at all. I mean, it is, but... It has the aspects of it. has the, the aspects, yeah. of course. But it's it's different. It has I the like, setting, yeah. No, for, I, yeah. Well, because I remember Infinity War, everyone was super upset because they're like, Thanos wasn't the bad guy. It was actually uh, William Poulter. What's his... Will Poulter, what's his character's name in Guardians? Um, the... Black, Adam Warlock. Adam Warlock. Adam yeah. Warlock. They're like, Adam Warlock was actually the villain. And I'm like, yeah, but it's fine. Like, we don't need it to be. Oh, yeah. Like, Adam Warlock was a lot more intimidating. In the comic book, Adam Warlock, like, dwarfed Thanos when oh, it came yeah, to yeah. intimidation. Uh-huh. But in the movie, they made him, like, this goofy, funny, like. Teenage kid that doesn't know. Teenage kid that now is a guardian. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like that. Yeah. I like it. And people are fierce about it. I thought it was good. And I think yeah. it's fine. Well, so, they, they say the best movies come from the worst books. I've actually heard a lot about that. Besides, of course, Stephen King. You know, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> because there, there are some books out there that are just very poorly written, mm-hmm. but have incredible potential, character-wise and setting-wise. Yeah. That when you adapt to film and then you change those mistakes, make a brilliant, brilliant film. Mm-hmm. One example I can think of off the top of my head is the movie Stardust. Have you ever heard of? You, I know you've heard. Oh, of I've it, heard of this one. But actually, you seen yeah, it. yeah. Uh-huh. You need to see it. I own it. We'll watch it one day, and we'll probably actually talk about it on this podcast for this very reason. My mom and dad love this movie. It, it was like it's, it's. I don't think it's their individual favorite movie, but it's their favorite movie together. Yeah, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, for sure. And so, because of this movie, because they really loved it, they decided to read the book together one time. Uh huh. Like I think they either got an audio book or maybe they just got a physical book or reading it to each other. And it was a, and my, I never read the book, but my dad was telling me it was just awful. It was just so bad. Really? Yeah. And then, so I looked it up one time and I was like, oh yeah, everyone's like, oh yeah, this move, this book is just terrible. Mm-hmm. But the idea is very smart. Uh huh. The writer just wasn't a good writer. They just had a really good idea. It's almost like a George Lucas scenario sometimes. You know what I mean? George yeah. Lucas, not the best filmmaker, but he has great ideas, you know? Great ideas. Uh huh. Um, he's a good filmmaker. No, I mean, he is, he is, but I I don't think he's, I don't think he's the best filmmaker in the world. I wouldn't put him in like the greatest category in filmmaking. I would with his original movies. He only did the first one. He didn't do five or six. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's the new hope. New hope. That wouldn't. No, no, no. I agree. Created a world and. I do agree. I do agree. Listen, I don't want everyone to think I don't even love the movie that much. I love George Lucas. I think he's great. But anyway, yeah. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. So the film, <laughs> the filmmakers of Stardust took that brilliant setting and idea 
uh-huh. made something really compelling and really beautiful with it. But it's totally different. Mm-hmm. It's not at all the same. Right. And that's because it is, it's kind of the same, same character names, same setting, but they fixed it. And I don't, I don't think the Five Nights at Freddy's movie fixed it because it's probably a worse, it's worse. It's a worse story than the games. Right. I think. Mm -hmm. But the games, you would literally have to make like 70 movies, not 70. You, you would have to make 10 movies. Mm Mm-hmm. The game is just so complex. If you really wanted that much of a thing, you would have to do like a whole series. It would have to be like a Stranger Things, oh, a Stranger Things series. You know what I mean? Yeah. To really, if you wanted every single little thing. Totally. Like a lot of people right now. So Nintendo just barely announced uh, Legend of Zelda movie. Yes. And it's live action. Uh-huh. Which at first I was like, well, that's weird. But then I was like, well, never mind. Fantasy stuff is fantastic in live action. Oh, yeah. Like Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, um, many, many others. Right. But those are the two big ones, right? Mm. So if it's done well, like The Legend of Zelda could be incredible in live action. But a lot of people are like, well, what? Like the games, there's so much story to them. Like how are you going to make the movie? You can't You can't put that story into it. You can't. Uh-huh. And you could pick one. Oh, yeah, yeah, for but sure. But then people would be like, well, why did you pick Tears of the Kingdom? You should have picked Skyward Sword. Skyward Sword is the original story. Like, so You I, know what I hope they do? What? I hope they make a completely separate story. That's what I'm saying. That's what I hope they do. I hope they make a totally separate story. You still have Link. You still have Hyrule. You still have Ganondorf. You still have Zelda. Of course, yeah. You might even throw in some of the like other characters that were like fan favorites. Maybe or some like, of the Guardians that you enjoyed. You totally, know? like um, Rivali, like, like cool yeah, characters yeah, yeah. that people really like. Uh-huh. But then it's going to be totally set. It might even be like, oh, that can't couldn't have happened because Rivali didn't live at the same time as Tinkles, the whatever. But that's fine. I don't even know if Tinkles <laughs> is the name of the character. But like, I was gonna say, if I you just know. look at the... I, I've only played Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. I haven't played any of the older games. Mm-hmm. But, but like, even if it's like, oh, but that doesn't actually work with the game story. It's like, oh, but this is its own separate yeah. Zelda story. Right. And I think if they do that, it'll be... If it's that and well-written and well-executed, it'll be a fantastic movie. 100%. Even if it goes away from the source material. A lot of people said that about Lord of the Rings. Actually, they were very upset of how far it went from the source material. Which... He has way too much source material. That's the thing. You have to choose and pick. Especially, here's the thing with Lord of the Rings. The most of it is pretty good. But, uh, like, pretty accurate. Besides for the setting up, J.R.R. Tolkien takes so long to set up his movie. Uh, I mean, the his book, book, his book, his book. Yeah. How many books does he have? Like oh, so 50 many. He has so that are many. all about Middle Earth. And his son then continued on as well and wrote. Yeah. And so there's so many books about Middle Earth. And even if you just read The Fellowship of the Ring, the first like hour and a half of The Fellowship literally takes place in like, I want to say like 300 pages. You miss so much things. Like what's supposed to happen in like two months actually takes 15 years in the book. Is it really? Yeah. Hmm. So when um, Bilbo left to when Frodo left is the 12 year gap. From when they threw the ring in the. Wait, wait, wait. When Bilbo left to when Frodo left the Shire. Not even went to Mordor. Oh. When Frodo left the Shire, it was literally, I think, 12 so years. So when Frodo met Bilbo in. What's the name of the. Shire? No, no, no. In the. the oh, elf. Riverdale. 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 Yeah. When Frodo meets Bilbo in Riverdale, it's been 15 years. Since he saw Bilbo last. Riven- that what you're, that's what yeah, you're telling me? at Rivendell, yep. 
didn't yeah didn't know that it's yeah but in the movie it's like two months because his whole journey in the movie i think takes 13 months and i think they say that works better for a film it does it does that works better for a film and it's it's hard you got and lord of the rings is probably in the top 10 greatest films ever made right exactly so like it 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 worked (laughs) another example of this actually is how to train your dragon Oh, totally different. Books so different from the movies. It's like literally the exact opposite. Yeah. But the movies, fabulous movies. Absolutely phenomenal. If you don't, do you read the books? No. So I had a buddy who read them and he was telling me he, it was his favorite books. And he goes, it's nothing like the movies at all. He goes, but that being said, the movies, fantastic. I can't even well, complain. So, so I did read, I didn't read all the books. There's a lot of them, but I wrote, I read the original one. There's one called how to be a pirate. I did hear it, yeah, yeah. And there's one called, like, How to Speak Dragonese or something. I think I read those three uh-huh. back, like, back in elementary school when you had to read for, like... 30 minutes they, a day They would always do that, yeah. I read those ones. And Toothless in the movie is, like, the ultimate dragon. The yeah. Night Fury. Uh-huh. The dragon no one can ever catch. In the book, he's literally the lamest dragon that's ever been seen. Yeah. <laughs> that right there changes the story entirely. Also... You know what I mean? In the movie, Hiccup is the first person to ever, like, train a dragon, and it becomes, like, a thing that the Vikings do. Uh-huh. In the book, that's just something they do. They've already... Really? I actually did not know that. Yeah. Hiccup in wasn't the, the book, first one. In the book, yes. Hiccup goes... Like, the chief has a dragon, his dad, and they go up, and Gobber... Gobber's, like, a character in the movie that's kind of a goofy guy with the blonde beard, the braids... Yeah, yeah. In the book, he's like this big, massive guy that's always shouting and yelling. Mm-hmm. And he takes him up, and they're supposed to get their dragon. Yeah. And so this guy, uh, fish, fish legs, and if they don't get a dragon, uh-huh. they're supposed to go to the nest, get a dragon, and then escape. And if they don't get a dragon, they're like outcast. Uh-huh. And so Hiccup's in there. Hiccup gets a dragon, and he's running. And he's and Fishlegs is panicking because pan because Fishlegs didn't get one, and so he gives his dragon to Fishlegs and runs back in. Mm. And there's like one dragon remaining, and he scoops it up and sprints out. And uh, it was toothless. And it was toothless, the oh. lamest little, annoying little thing. Mm-hmm. And the dragon talks to him and like, like Hiccup can speak Dragonese or whatever Dragonese, and so he they speak to each other like with words. Uh huh. It's just a totally different story. Totally different. Story. Totally different. But amazing. The movie's brilliant. The movie is brilliant. The movie has, we've talked about before, the score of that movie makes up for that movie, but the story's good as well. I was going to say, the story's just, I love the story, yeah. Yeah. The story's great. There was another example I was going to say about movies that are better than their source, or not better necessarily, but they're both good because oh, they change. You know, an example of that actually is The Godfather. Was that a book? That was a book. I didn't realize that. no that. one was a fan of. And uh, Francis Ford, I, I can never pronounce his name. Francis Ford, Ford Coppola. Cop- Coppola. Coppola. Uh, read it and made The Godfather, which is now, I mean, critically acclaimed as one of the greatest movies ever made. You know, I'm with, uh, I, I seen the first Godfather. It's good, but I'm with, uh, Peter in Family Guy where he's like you know they're drowning he goes I have a confession to make he goes I was not overly fond of the Godfather <laughs> and they're like what how could you not like this I I never seen it 
And I, I don't even want to watch Al Pacino. It. I get it. Great stars. Was not a fan of the movie. It insists upon itself, Lewis. What? <laughs> it insists upon itself. <laughs> Dude. I haven't even seen the ending. Oh, if you've never seen the end. <laughs> but why would I have to wait till the end of the movie to like it? Yeah, that's it's so funny. But I kind of uh, agree with him. I I've heard the second him. is better, though. I kind of want to watch the second I've one. heard that, too. Uh-huh. Which is crazy to think of that. There's so many movies that I want to watch though, and I'm like, do I, I don't want to watch The Godfather. I yeah, no, there's there's movies out there. You like, gotta... there's so many good filmmakers. Are like, do I really have to watch this stupid freaking Godfather? <laughs> it's more of a meme to me than anything. Yeah, but just to say you've watched The Godfather. <laughs> yeah, dang, I did have something I wanted to bring up, but maybe I'll think of it about books to movies. About or just like stories that have been adapted that have yeah, been yeah. changed. I always say like a lot of people hated. Well, people hate in general the live action remakes of Disney, which I I agree. Agree. I'm a f- I do agree. But the one that I like the most is probably the one a lot of fans hate the most. Can I take a guess? Yeah, go ahead. Actually, uh, wait one second. The fans hate the most? Fans hate the most. Like Disney adults hate the most. Maleficent 2. Um, I haven't seen that one. Neither have I. <laughs> I have no idea what is it? Uh, Mulan. Oh, oh, I should have got, of course, that one has the biggest controversy. So I really like the original Mulan. It's a fantastic story. The music's good. The voice acting is fantastic. It's funny. It's good. Um, There are parts about it, obviously, I didn't like, but it's not bad. It's just my personal opinion. I don't like, I don't like that she ended up being in love with that guy at the end of the movie. Shane G. That was not his name. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) No, that's uh, the Superman. That's the superhero. Superhero. What? Sean, Sean, Sean Lee. Sean. It's something close to that, um, but I don't want. I don't remember it. But I wish they wouldn't have become a thing because he like left her in the snow to die, right? Just because she was a woman, you know, even th- though he had she had done all these great things for them. And they wanted to execute her. That was his sign of love. Oh, that was his sign of love. He didn't murder no, her know, instantly. <laughs> like that's the one thing I'm like, really? Why are you with him now? Uh-huh. Um, but that aside, the movie's fantastic. Then the second movie, a lot of fans are like, well, uh, it's so dumb. They don't have the dragon. Mushu's not in it. There's no singing. Um, people were confused by that. Are you talking about the live action or Mulan 2? T- well, Mulan 2 is a whole thing, which I like. You like? <laughs> I bad. hate it's that. It's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible, but I kind of like it okay, for dumb okay. reasons. Uh, we're talking about live action. Gotcha. The live action movie. Yes, 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 yes. It's A lot of people hated it because they're like, oh, and, and a lot of people were confused by why she was able to jump so high and like fight the way she was fighting it's a it's an homage to kung fu movies, exactly which people don't understand but if you're like oh yeah that's fun. i love this this is a homage to kung fu movie it was a totally different story with the same story yeah the story was a woman who took on her dad's armor to save his life and then was a great soldier that's just that's the and that's a good story in and of itself yeah and if you want to go watch the singing funny dragon go watch the original that's a fantastic movie uh if you want to watch a more serious like kung fu movie, watch the new one. Yeah. They're two separate good movies. You know, I'm intrigued. What is What do you think its letterbox score is? Its letterbox score is probably super low because its fans bombed on it. It's probably for the people that accepted it for who it, what it was, it's probably like a 2.8. Okay, Mulan animated is a 4.1. Okay. Which is actually higher than I expected. Not going to lie. I mean, it's great. Um, the new one's 2.8 is my guess. 2.2. 2. 
lower than I thought. Yeah. Sad. Because I thought it was I have never seen it. I need to watch it. Not that I've been avoiding it. I was on, I was out of the States when it came out. Yeah, there's a lot of good movies. Mm-hmm. It's hard to, so. but I, I, I enjoyed it. I watched it. Um, I, I watched it when it came out by myself and I really watched it. And then I watched it with my, I really liked it. And then I watched it with my family and it, I enjoyed it a lot too. Right. Although it's funny though, now that you say that though, like how can she dump so high? Cause of course it's an homage to Kung Fu movies. Um, if you think about it in, if you are just a natural resident of the States, right. And you're a normal movie watching person. I pro I bet the only Kung Fu movie you've probably seen is rush hour. If that, yeah, if that, and uh, or Jackie Chan films. Jackie Chan's is the United States is America's kung fu. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I would say Jackie Chan's and U- USA movies are much more realistic in their fighting. So I get why you would not understand that that's an homage to kung fu movies. You well, know what I see, mean? They're more realistic in their fighting, and then also um, they are comedic. And they're comedic. Yeah, yeah. Like mm-hmm. ja- so when they do go over the top, it's like, oh, it's because Jackie Chan's doing a funny thing. Right, 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 right. But then if you watch like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. <laughs> Amazing. That's Amazing. a very serious movie. Yeah. But it's so laughable how the ninjas jump around. It's like it's so fun to watch. Oh yeah. But it's just so silly and unrealistic. Mm-hmm. But and who you know cares? what it's like? It's like a I mean a lot of different for us, it's superhero movies that people probably from other cultures see and be like, oh, that's completely unrealistic. You know what I mean? Yeah. But for us, for some reason, we, I feel like, have a sense of realism as we watch it. We're like, oh, yeah, that could be possible. You know what I mean? When reality, of course it's not. Fast and Furious. Totally. I bet other countries laughing. They're like, this is American action movies. Fast and Furious. He hits a car with a crane. Anyway, I've never really seen past the third. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But... Every culture has their version of unrealistic fighting. A lot of Bollywood movies have this. RRR. Totally. Very unrealistic. Totally. Bollywood Bollywood is so goofy. It's so goofy. But it's serious. But it's so cool looking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. For sure. Like, because RRR is the only, like, major Tollywood, Bollywood movie you've seen. Yeah, it is. Like, and and a lot of people, that's the biggest movie that Americans have seen. So, a lot of people have probably seen it. And like when he, when they're fighting and, and Rom is up on Beam's shoulders, no, not a single moment of that is <laughs> even close, <laughs> even close to realistic. He'll like hit a guy and the guy will like fly like 50 feet, <laughs> but it's just so fun to watch. It is. And, and they, so if you put that into, if you, if that was what Aladdin was, well, Aladdin is not Indian. Is there an Indian Disney film? Isn't Aladdin Indian? Um, Arabian. 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 Um, Middle East. I'm trying to think of like an Indian Disney film. I can't think of any right now. Well, if there was one, for example. Yeah, yeah. And then they remade it into live action. And then they threw in all these crazy Bollywood things. As an homage to the way. As an homage to the, to the style. No one would be like everyone. Would be like, what the heck is this? Mm-hmm. Although it is also important. I mean, a lot of it's just kind of crazy. But I would say, especially, I mean, like we said, RR is the one that we've all seen. Um, they do have a sense of um, they use those extravagant things to push the story further, like him sitting on his shoulders. You know what I mean? 
that is like this, like, what is he doing? But it's an homage to earlier in the film that showed their camaraderie during, you know what I mean? Totally. So it's or, not just willy nilly doing it just for cool. Also, they actually have it story. Well, also driven. the cr- a crazy action scene. That's just so unrealistic was super important to the story. When they launched that motorcycle and then he oh. shot the motorcycle <laughs> with a flame arrow and then it went into the dynamite and blew up the entire building. Uh-huh. So stupid and silly, but kind of very important, right? Right, right, right. To the storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. And also Mulan, if you look at Mulan versus like actual Kung Fu movies, it's so tame. I know. <laughs> it's like crazy tame. I got to see Mulan. I really, I don't remember anything. I don't even think I saw it. I mean, the live action Like any one. clips of it, yeah. Yeah, I just can't think of anything. Uh-huh. Yeah, there was a final fight where, yeah, she was... I don't remember it either. I kind of want to watch it again, but I do know that there were some kung fu moments. Right. I need to watch more kung fu movies because I've only seen Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. And they're good. Right, right. Um, what are some other styles of film that are totally different from Hollywood? From that Hollywood? Are, I mean, Japan, they're anime. Right, right. And... um. Japan also has some uh, something that I wish that the United States would learn from Korea is how to like end their stories. So what do you I'm mean? sure you've heard of K dramas, right? I have. So the thing, so K dramas are series, right? Like they have episodes. Mm-hmm. So like uh, a K drama might be like 12 episodes long. Yeah. But then once that 12 episode ends, You've gone from the beginning of the story to the end of the story. Right. So basically, it's just like a really long movie. Mm-hmm. You have 12 episodes. You get to know the characters better. Yeah. But when that 12th episode's over, that is the K-drama. Mm-hmm. And then they, the filmmakers move on to write another story. It's not like The Office where it's like, well, now we're on season nine and mm-hmm. it's totally jumped the shark, but we just keep going because it's still milk it. We're still making money. You see, I totally agree. I feel like the U.S. is getting better at that, though. Only because, here's some examples. One, um, I think the first one to really do this, I'm not even going to lie, is Breaking Bad. I think they're one of the first shows that ended it. Like They, had a, they, they had a vision you know and what they I mean? finished it. And they finished it, even though they could have gone way more seasons. If they, You know what I mean? If they were, yeah. And made so much money. People well, would have watched it. Well, Game of Thrones did it too. They did it poorly. The ending was bad, apparently. Uh-huh. But they did Another have an ending. Another one is uh, Ted Lasso. The studios begged them to make like three, four more seasons. But Jason Sudeikis, the creator, said, no, I wanted to do three seasons, tell the story, story, and my story's done. Yeah, and I I like that. And I love it. I love it when they Because they don't ruin the story ever. Exactly. And it was a contained story. It was fully written before they even started making it. You know what I feel? I've been watching. You know what I feel like has gone too long? And I hate to say it. How I Met Your Mother. You've gotten to the point where it's gone too long? I feel like like they've reached their peak, and now it's... I feel like season season eight? eight... Season yeah. eight's not my favorite season. Well, luckily for you, season nine is all one day. So I know uh, that blo- I do not understand how that works. <laughs> it, it makes sense. In the it moment, makes sense. Yeah. Do you like season nine? I like season nine. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, the I ending of good. season nine. If the second to last episode was the last episode, it would have been brilliant. And I think I'm just not going to watch. I mean, I've just already seen the it. last episode. <laughs> just, don't <watch. laughs> just don't watch it. They just made a mis- they just made a mistake by making a decision before. Again, they made a decision before they wrote the season. Uh-huh. They made a decision. Spoilers for How I Met Your Mother. This is a huge spoiler. You've probably heard of it. But you've honestly. heard of it. Mm-hmm. It's an old show. They killed off the mother. The mother was dead. 
And then they planned for Ted to then go be with Robin. That was a decision they made early on in the show, which makes sense when they make the pilot. That makes sense. 100%. Yes. Because the pilot was like, Oh, I see this girl from across the room and then I ruin it, Uh you know? And then she's now my friend. But then they wrote the story and then they started to build up the characters and um, Barney became a fantastic character that was a fan favorite. And so they made his character growth get to a point where he was ready. Him and Robin ended up being really great together and they got married. And then the end of the show happened. And then they realized like, oh crap. The original plan was for Ted's wife to have been passed away and for Robin to be the interest that he goes after. But now we have a problem because Barney's married to Robin. Everyone loves Tracy, the new mom. What are we going to do? So then they made this final episode where Tracy dies. Robin and Barney get divorced. All this stuff happens that ruins every character growth that's happened in the entire season. And then they make that thing. If they would have just written the entire show. Mm Mm-hmm. And then started the first episode. Yeah. It would have been better. And also, when you write this kind of stuff, before you even write the episode, you will grow. Uh, who talked about this? Quentin Tarantino talked about this, about movies. And I feel like it will probably be the same way with the TV shows. He's like, when you write your stuff, he goes, I can only outline about halfway through. Because then when I'm writing, I understand the characters more, and I realize things they would do. And he changes things throughout the rest of the script. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like that's a good kind of see the advice. I mean, he still outlines the whole movie idea, but about when he gets to halfway, he starts changing things because he learns more about his characters when he writes them. Yeah. But breaking bad had Jesse killed off at the end of the first season. Uh huh. And if they stuck with it, I don't know what breaking bad would be like without Jesse. I agree. You know what I mean? You're right. You're right. So you need to learn. I mean, you should have an outline. You should be planned, but you should also be willing to, adapt to actually what you learn more about the right. story. You here's know what a, I mean? Here's another great example. Cause imagine Jesse, uh, that. Andy Dwyer in parks and rec. Yes. Yes. He mm-hmm. was supposed to be this like loser boyfriend that was like hanging on Anne and like faking a broken leg so that she would take care of him. And then she was supposed to break up with Andy mm-hmm. and he was supposed to disappear from the show. And she was now supposed to be with this new guy. Um, but then that new guy turned out to be the most boring character in the world. I don't think it was even the actor's fault. The actor did a good job. He did with what he was given. Yeah. It was just written boring. Mm-hmm. And Andy was way more likable. Um, Chris Pratt just was it, made that character. Was it Mark? Brandanowitz, yeah, Mark. Mark Brandanowitz, yep. Yeah. And so he was, so, and so then they're like, uh, peop- the, the showrunners are like, man, Chris Pratt is just so good. Like everyone's going to love him. Uh And people did love him when they finally like did test screenings. Mm -hmm. And so then they decided to add a little like, Ooh, like April's kind of into him. Yeah. And then when they made April and Andy be the love interest, they're like, well now Anne and Mark is like, who even cares about this guy? Right. And so they literally threw him away. They threw him away so hard that they never acknowledged him ever again. Yeah. You forget that he was a part of the show. (laughs) Like, there was one episode specifically where Anne comes in and she has all these, she's like, this, these are the boxes of my exes. 
She has one for Andy. She has one for this other guy, this other guy. Mark was not one of them. They didn't even like. I know. They just acted <laughs> like he didn't exist. And so then they well, threw he was away. More, she, he was more Leslie's love interest at the end, wasn't he? Um, but you're right. Him and Andy. No, did. so Leslie was into him. Yeah. And then he was going for Anne. Anne. Mm-hmm. So then once they threw him away, they're like, okay, well, now we need to replace him with somebody. And they replaced him with Chris Traeger and Ben Wyatt, which Genius. made that show incredible. Yeah, beautiful decision. But if they would have stuck with their original plan, the show would have not been what it is. So right. I, you're right, actually. But it is important to plan, though. It's important to plan. So important to plan. And be willing to adapt and not go past your welcome. Right. No, 100%. 100%. There's a fine line between there all There is of a them. very fine line. And and some shows do it successfully and some do not. It's a very sad thing. And they always will do. There always will be successful ones. There always will be be bad ones. Mm-hmm. It's true. Um, well, we reached an hour perfectly. I know. I know. Five Nights at Freddy's we hardly talked about. I know. We kind of went off the trails a little bit. But it's bit, fine. But that, I, there wasn't that much to talk about that it. I could confidently talk about. You see, that was the thing. I didn't know too much about the Five Nights at Freddy lore. But they learned about that and then they learned about our opinions about just movie. Like, but... But it wasn't, it was important. Yeah. Cause the way that they adapted. Um, and also I think it's important to talk about a little bit. It will not talk about, but just mention that video game writing is not the same as screenwriting for a film. Oh, definitely. Like Scott Cawthon, brilliant indie game designer. And he had, he came up with a really compelling world. It was very successful. His movie had some, the director took that script and made it really like made visually stunning the um, cinematography the like the director of photography we were trying to look up because we were just it was so good mm. and the set design was so good the writing good could have been better yeah the the cinematography for that movie was very unique yeah it wasn't your basic you know uh medium shot medium shot medium shot you know normal eye line they really played with it, and I wasn't mad by it. I was, I yeah. was pleased. If we had the same director, the same um, director of photography, the same set designer, but then Scott Cawthorn, like, gave up the writing. Or co-wrote it with someone who was an actual or co-wrote, who co-wrote Who co-wrote it with a horror movie writer. Right. Because he's a horror game writer. Mm-hmm. Which and is he, just different. And so maybe if he was, like, a heavy consultant, where mm-hmm. he's, like, when he when he talked to the writers all the time, he's like, "Oh, but actually, this character is this way." I think the movie would have been very good, right? If he was a consultant, not a writer. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. No, I totally agree. Because because it it had a lot of good things going for it, and it was good. It made a lot of money. It was enjoyable. Um, I'll probably watch it again sometime in the future. I agree. Yeah. I'd show people it. I'd show it in like uh, next Halloween or whatever. Mm. I watched Thanksgiving. That's going to be, I'm curious to see. You need to see it and then we can talk about it for real. But I'm curious if Thanksgiving becomes a classic. Yeah. No, I agree. I need to see that one because I've heard really good things so far, especially for a slasher. Yeah, it's brutal. Yeah. So it probably <laughs> it probably won't become it won't become <laughs> a classic. Brutal. It won't become a classic before that for that reason because like you sometimes at the screen I'm just like like I did not want to look. I hate it when that stuff happens. Um. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> three point four stars on Letterbox. Is that what it has? Yep. Oh, 
That's pretty good. It looks it looks really bloody. Like it looks like Texas Chainsaw Massacre bloody. The original Texas Chainsaw Massacre has zero blood. Oh, I know. I know. Well, actually, I did not know that, but <laughs> <laughs> has zero blood because he wanted it to have a G rating. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. I think it got an NC seventeen. I was gonna- <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay, there was this comedy. Oh my goodness. Okay, there's a movie that it, me and Jack refused to watch, and we've talked about it, and it's called Key <laughs> Key and Peele. Um, <laughs> what's the uh, Human Centipede? Uh huh. <laughs> Key and Peele. <laughs> Have you seen the Key and Peele skit about the Human Centipede? No. Oh my goodness. Look it up, everybody. While we're on the topic of horror movies, look this up. It is hilarious. Um, it's about the aftermath. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's I can't. I don't understand how you can make it funny, but they somehow succeeded. Yeah. It was pretty good. They were amazing. Hmm. So anyway, I well got nothing left to say. That's the end of this episode. We are finally back to weekly. Yes, we are. Hopefully, um, we, we've been living together for two weeks, and we. St- this is the first time he's managed to sit down and actually do it, though. Has it been two weeks? You moved in Monday. Oh, it has. It's been two weeks, dude. It's been two weeks. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I know. I know. The last week. Has well, it been two weeks? You had a wedding last week. I did. So it's been two weekends. Two weekends, yeah. Two weekends, like a week and a couple days. Yes, that's what it is. But we've had two Saturday and Sundays. Correct. Correct. This is the second Sunday that I've lived here. And that you've lived here, too. How many days were you here before I got here? Oh Four. wait, because I left. Uh, well, this is <laughs> this is not. That's interesting right, because you. Oh, anyway, anyway, because <laughs> I left. Yep, I forgot about the leaving part. I was like, "Did you really been here for that?" Yeah, you're right. Right. Yeah. Anyway, I went down to my other apartment. The devil went down to Georgia. He was looking for. Actually, he something. went. To, he went to Ephraim, but you know. Oh, also, Fighters and Freddy's took place in Utah, which is where we are. It is. Yes, it is. We well, have, let's uh hop back into the void. Jump back into the void. <laughs>